Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about how to transform your disasters into dreams. I'm delighted to welcome special guest, Chris Patrick. Chris is a real estate consultant and founder of The Patrick Group, a premier real estate firm in Las Vegas. He is also the author of Disasters to Dreams, a gritty guide to finding success in the face of failure. You can learn more about Chris and his book at his website, chrispatrick.net, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Chris. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Thank you so much for having me, Linda. It's really a pleasure to be here. I am so delighted to be able to visit with you, and I am very interested in hearing your story because, as I understand, let's see if I can get all these pieces right, you grew up with an abusive father, you were wrongly arrested at age 12 for a crime that you didn't commit, and then since then, you've been fired, robbed, divorced, and had two businesses go down the drain. Is this correct? Yeah, there's a couple other things you could probably throw in there, like, uh, you know, having to short sale your house and um, cleaning toilets and <laughs> digging ditches and stuff like that. But yeah, you're, you're pretty much right about everything else. Okay. So would you mind giving us kind of a, a Reader's Digest version of all of these things that you've gone through? Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of chronologically went through a lot of them there, but um, the whole premise, you know, behind writing the book was, you know, I, I thought to myself, man, I've been through a lot of things and I'm not sure, you know, I know everybody goes through stuff. I know that. And I'm just not sure if anybody, you know, has gone through some of the things that I did. And I thought, you know what, if I could kind of piece all these together and, and put them into a digestible format, and I, I think I could really help some people see that you can overcome adversity, no matter how bad it is. And, you know, you can end up having a successful life, even if you've, you know, life has kicked your butt repeatedly uh, for a long time. So yeah, a lot of those things were really negative events. And it took me, you know, a while to, to, to see the, the diamonds or the gold nuggets buried within them. But I was finally able to do that. And um, I think that the, the book gets, gives readers a perspective that they might not have ever seen before. So it's, it's really exciting. That is fantastic. And speaking of those golden nuggets, I, I, I'm listening to a couple, even as you're giving your, your overview, and that is that you can have a beautiful life in spite of life kicking your butt, and also that, um, that there are some gold nuggets through the, the, the experiences that we have. And I think these messages are so important because there are so many people, like you said, everybody's experiences are different. And yet I have found that the emotions, the feelings, thoughts that we have as we go through these horrible things are actually very similar and relatable. So even though people have had different experiences than you have had, by reading your experiences and saying, hey, look what Chris did. He totally bounced back and he was able to make things go. Then they say, well, then maybe I can bounce back and maybe I can go through, you know, have a wonderful, successful life. So Thank you for putting that down on paper and for sharing those stories so that other people can have that hope that, you know what, it's going to be okay, or at least it can be okay. But I think there's some choices involved, right? Well, yeah, there's certainly, there are certainly are choices involved. You know, I think there's a, a lot of responsibility that needs to be taken um, for not only things that you could have done better in the past, you know, some of the things that were failures or setbacks, that some of those were your fault. And you have to be honest with yourself and say, okay, well, yeah, that was my fault. What can I do better next time? And, you know, they, they say there's a, a lesson in every failure. And it's, to some degree, that's true. Sometimes there are lessons there, but sometimes it's not necessarily a lesson. And sometimes things aren't your fault when things go wrong. 
but you still have to take responsibility for the way that you react to those situations. So whether you need to own up to your mistake and, and figure out how to do it better next time, or at least deliberately try to, uh, you know, perceive it in a way that will benefit you later on down the road. So yes, there's choices to be made and responsive, taking responsibility is probably the number one choice you have to make. Oh, that is so incredible. Because a lot of people want to just blame somebody. Can I just blame everybody else for everything that has happened to me? Because some things really are someone else's fault. Some things are our own fault. And sometimes that's really hard to admit because that means I'm not perfect. And if I'm not perfect, maybe people won't like me. So there's a whole lot of things going on in our minds that help, you know, encourage us to deflect everything rather than accepting that personal responsibility. And yet that's where the growth comes and that's where the changes are made is when we accept that responsibility because that gives us the power that we can do something about it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I, I have found so many people take this, you know, they play the blame game. They assume this victim mentality, you know, where, oh, nothing good ever happens to me. I'll never make it there. You know, it must be nice to have that kind of luck or, you know, it, the results of uh, where you are right now are, you know, a culmination of the thoughts you've thought, the thoughts you've thunk, and the beliefs that you have, and the actions that you've taken. And you know, it's 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 so easy to just say it's somebody else's fault because that alleviates you of the responsibility of doing anything about it, right? It's it's so easy. Um, I, I, in the book, I call it a, a a get out of jail free card for the week. Ooh. I like that you added for the week on the end because everybody wants to get out of jail free card. But then when you say it's kind of the wimpy way out, then it doesn't seem as cool. <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, like we said, you're taking responsibility, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's, it's hard. But you know what? Once you've done that and once you continue to do that, it's so rewarding. You know, the, the, the feeling of satisfaction that you get from owning up to mistakes that you've made or learning lessons or even perceiving things in the, in the right way. It's such a satisfying, rewarding feeling to get there knowing that you did this on your own and for yourself. You know, it's, it's, there's nothing like it. Oh, I love that. I love when you mention all of the positive things that can come from doing this, because what you're suggesting is very hard, not for everyone, but it's hard for a lot of people when you're stuck in that mentality of, there's nothing I can do about it. I am helpless. I am a victim. I am a whatever. And when you say, here, here's your responsibility. Here is what you can do about your situation. They think, but, but, but it was so much easier when it was not, I couldn't do anything about it because then I had no responsibility to do anything. And I love that you include, this is a good thing. It's worth it. Because otherwise, if we don't think it's worth it, we don't want to do hard things. There's just that natural tendency to think, ooh, life should be easy and, and all of that kind of thing. So well done. Now, you also mentioned in your book about getting over that bad kind of pride where we don't want to ask for help. So do you want to talk about that at all? What kinds of things have you learned to, to ask for? Yeah, so a lot of people, you know, they, like, like I said, they don't want to, uh, they don't want to ask, they want to say, I did this on my own. You know, I didn't, I don't need anybody. I can do this. Or if I can't do this, it's out of my control. It's, there's nothing I can do about it, but it's, and, and again, this is not easy either, but asking somebody for help can really benefit you a ton. Um, I kind of equate it to, if you were going to go, if you wanted to learn how to play golf, right. And 
you've never played before. You can go out and you can hack up the course for 15 years and you'll get a little bit better. But if you hire a golf pro to teach you some lessons, the learning curve is going to be so much shorter. You're going to get better so much faster. So why not hire the golf pro? And, you know, well, it's a lack of money. I can't afford the golf pro. Well, there's somebody at your club who's better than you that can teach you some lessons for free. I'm sure you can befriend them, buy them a beer or something like that. So there's nothing wrong with with asking somebody for help. I mean, even if that's going on YouTube and, and researching how to do this or how to do that, that's asking for help. You just don't know them, but that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And by the same token, I think, Linda, it's also important that when you can to be that mentor for somebody else, mm. you know, pay it forward. And uh, even if, you know, there's always somebody, you, you know, you know more about something than somebody does, and they would love to have your input and advice on something. And if you can help somebody, you know, to grow the circle of success, then why not do it? Pay it forward. Ooh, I love that. Okay, so, so many thoughts are going through my mind. Chris, as you're talking about this, you know, um, asking someone and then paying it forward and helping the person behind you. So if we can imagine we're on this pathway, working our way through life, that it doesn't have to be the golf pro that we approach. It can be someone who is better than us. And when it comes to us sharing our experiences and helping someone else, we don't have to wait until we are the pro at whatever, because we're already today one step ahead of someone on that path. And so we can help each other. And we can allow other people to help us and create this beautiful chain as we all work toward progression. So good point. And that's what you've done with your book is you put together some things to say, you know what, with my experiences and here is where I am and there's where I was and I have made progress. And gosh, if you can learn these concepts and these principles, then you can move forward too. So would you like to share some of these principles that you share in your book? Yeah, and just to kind of reflect back on one point that you just mentioned there, Linda, I've always kind of lived by a cooperation, not competition mindset. It just seems, you know, in this day and age, it seems like everybody's competing with one another, you know, to get ahead faster or have a cooler car or a bigger house or a bigger diamond ring or whatever. It just seems like everyone's in this constant battle to to be number one or, or at least compete with everybody else. But I, I see it like, if we all can, if we all cooperate with each other and we all help each other, we're all going to get to that better place so much faster. Um, so that was my ooh, final thought ooh. on. No, not final thought because we have many <laughs> more thoughts. That. Okay, so I love that idea that you know it, 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 sometimes with a competition, it's like I want to be the only person who makes it, and so I got to cut everybody else's legs out from under them. And you just suggested that we all want to get there together. That not only yes. do you want to succeed, but you want to help other people succeed. And that creates this beautiful community. And that, oh, that makes me happy because, you know, I don't really want someone cutting my legs out from under me and I have no intention of cutting anybody else's legs out from under them. Let's go together and let's be friends. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I mentioned this in the book too. There's something called crab theory mm. in which if you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket and one of the crabs attempts to climb out, the other crabs will pull that crab back down into the bucket so that nobody can get out. But, and people are the same way, you know? You'll, you'll notice that when somebody starts becoming successful or reaches this level and, and you're sort of jealous or whatever, and you, people have a tendency to want to cut them down, you know, bring them back to their level so that they don't feel bad about not having achieved that success. And that's awful. You know, it really is. Very. It's not going to hurt you any to have somebody else succeed. There's, there's plenty to go around. It's not like there's only 
<laughs> one cool house or one big diamond ring. There's as many as, as we need there to be. So having someone else succeed is not going to stop you from succeeding. So you might as well help people to succeed. And the same can be, you know, you can have the same thing done for you. Okay. That was so huge. I, I almost, I, I'd like you to repeat it, that someone else is succeeding is not going to make it so you can't succeed. I probably paraphrased it wrong, but I think that that little message, that gold nugget is huge. It's a, it's a change and mentality from that competition to that cooperative idea. And I think it is so important. Yeah, I, I do too. And I've, I've, you know, I, I, back when I was a teenager, I remember having this, I used to clip out little things from newspapers and stuff and stick them on my wall. This is back in my punk rock days and my entire wall was just covered with newspaper clippings and pictures and stuff. But I remember specifically, I had one that said, cooperation, not competition. And I've always lived by that my entire life. So I think it's, I think it's served me pretty well. You know, I love to see people succeed. I really do. And, but it's important to know that not everybody wants to see you succeed. Not everybody's going to want to see you. Okay. So what if someone doesn't want to see Chris succeed? What what do you do about that? Do you just brush it off and move, keep going? Cut them out. You know, they're, they're not helpful to my, they're, they're, I would consider that to be toxic, Mm. a toxic person. If someone I know doesn't want to see me succeed, they're, they have no business being in my life. Well done. So it's time to courageously move forward and just let that one go. Yeah. Trim the fat. Right. I've heard it said that those that mind don't matter and those that matter don't mind. So if we've got somebody who is not helping us, then they don't matter. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. So let's get back to your book and these principles. Yeah. So I think one of the underlying principles is that um, recognizing that not getting what you think you want at the time can actually be an amazing blessing. Right. We all, we all have these goals. We all have these dreams and ambitions and places that we want to get to. And things rarely work out exactly the way you think they're going to or according to plan, right? Whether that's God or the universe <laughs> or however you want to say it, it rarely works out that way. And sometimes it's a complete disaster. Sometimes it's a complete uh, failure, a flop. Um, and the point of, of the book is to say, hey, just because you didn't succeed at that at that goal or you didn't get there on that, on the way that you wanted to, maybe the universe is providing you with another opportunity to get something that you actually do want as a result of having gone through that failure. And I'd like to use one example uh, from the book. And this is a, I interviewed probably about eight different uh, entrepreneurs and and regular folks in the book. And one of them, her name is Janice. um, She had opened up three nail salons in major casinos here in Las Vegas, which is not an easy thing to do. It's not even easy to get one store in a casino. She had three of them and that was her dream. Uh, she was a, you know, a nail tech. So she has three of these stores. She thought that was her dream and it just got too much to handle. The hours were, you know, 80, 90 hours a week and it just got, it, it got too much and the overhead was too expensive and she lost all of her stores. So it was a complete disaster in her mind. She it was a business failure uh, on a big scale. So what did she do? She went back to uh, filming her YouTube videos, which she was a fairly successful YouTube influencer. And uh, she found that people wanted to buy her products online. So she opened up a boutique online and now she sells out of everything all the time. She's very successful at selling, you know, all these different uh, products for women online. And so... And how many hours a week? Not less than 90, I'm hoping. 
Oh, yeah. Now, see, here's the, here's the juicy part, Linda. She actually did get what she wanted as a result of not getting what she thought she wanted, right? And what she really <laughs> wanted was to be successful, make a lot of money, but have time to spend with her family. You know, she they got two children and a husband. So now, I mean, when you have a store online, you, she probably only works 10 hours a week on it, you know? But she makes the same money she was going to make at the, at the nail salons. But now she has all this time to spend with her family. So if she would have been successful at those nail salons, she would have never spent time with her family. You know, who knows what happens, you know, after you're away from the family for five years. I mean, does the marriage dissolve? I mean, do your kids mm. not know you anymore? You know, who knows? So what seemed like a failure at the time actually ended up being a major blessing in disguise. And now she has everything she wants. That is awesome. And I believe time is one of our most valuable commodities because you can make back money if you lose money. I talk to people all the time who make back the money they lost, but I've never been able to talk to anyone who was able to make back the time. I'm still working so, on building my time machine right now, Linda, but you know, you're absolutely right. Yeah, time if you get that successful, answer. come back and talk to us about it because I think there are a lot of people who would love a time machine. <laughs> How do you know I'm not traveling back right now from the future and doing the show uh, through the time machine? Ooh. Well, probably you'd be talking about it, right? And saying, guess what? I just did this time machine and it's so cool. So that's beautiful. So the things that we think we want may, might not be what we really want. And if it doesn't work out, then there might be something better down the road. Having that kind of mindset and that kind of hope would be very helpful because we always have things that don't turn out the way that we want or don't turn out when we want so to think, okay, well, maybe this is okay. Maybe this is my, my crooked path to what I, what I really desire, what matters most. Excellent. That's an excellent point. Do you have any other suggestions for what, what will help us turn our disasters into dreams? Yeah, I think being able to look back through your past failures and mistakes and see them for what they really were, and that's the building blocks to your success. Being able to do that and identify nuggets of information or lessons learned or a person you met or a place that you went, being able to identify that just because you thought it was a failure, something good came out of it. Being able to do that on past events will help you understand that when when things go south in the present day, that it's not that bad, right? You, you don't have to take everything as a crushing defeat, you know, this un, uh, uh, unovercomable uh, insurmountable disaster that just happened because you understand that something good is going to come from this, right? You're aware that maybe another opportunity was presented to you and that that was actually something better for you. So it helps to look back through the past to, to help you when it happens in the future. Ooh, these building blocks of success. So even when we're failing, we can be failing forward with these building blocks of success. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another example I like to use too, and this is a shorter one. Let's say that you met somebody online and you started really chatting it up and you thought you were a really good match for one another and you got really excited and you decided to meet in person for the first time. Okay, great. So you anticipate this day for, you know, a couple of weeks and you get all ready and put your best clothes on and you go down to this uh, restaurant where you're supposed to meet and the person doesn't show up. It's a, a really a devastating, mm -hmm. heartbreaking thing. They no show you. And it's like, what did I do? Is this my fault? How can, what could I have done differently? This is horrible. So a lot of people would consider that just to be a failure. And, well, I'm never going to find the person of my dreams, blah, blah, blah. But it just so turns out that at that restaurant, while waiting for him or her, you sat down with the bartender and you realized that 
you two have a lot in common and you end up starting a, a new business together because you're both in, interested in real estate or whatever the case may be. So if you never went to that restaurant waiting to meet that person, you never would have met the bartender who is your new business partner and you guys create this wild, successful business. And things like this happen all the time. Maybe not that obvious. That's a pretty obvious example. But things like this happen all the time if we're willing to open our eyes and, and look for those opportunities. Mm, that involves opening our eyes and looking. And sometimes we're so focused when you talked about that scenario, which is so easy for people to relate to. And the normal response is to get into that mindset of, what did I do wrong? Why doesn't he or she like me? You know, these kinds of things. And that mentality does not help at all. We've created a whole story in our mind that may or may not be true. I mean, it could just be they got a flat tire. I mean, it could be a whole bunch of different reasons. And if it is something like that, there's no sense worrying about it. And if they really did stand you up, they're not as awesome as they first appeared. So again, this is someone that I, I choose not to have in my life. I think I can do better than that. Very well said, Linda. Very well said. Awesome. Let's see. So we've talked about a couple things. Do you have any more from, from this book of how to, how to take this, these ashes of disaster and grow the roses of success. Yeah, you know, one thing that helped me out a lot, and this, this book does not focus around this topic, but it's certainly something that helped me out, and I, I wanted to include it in there, and that is, uh, you know, not just having a, a positive mindset and, and mining the past for nuggets, but um, I'm a big believer in conscious creation, in that you can create your reality based on the beliefs that you have and the thoughts that you think and the actions that you take. And you know, I, I, it's helped me a lot, and I, I think it would help a lot of other people, too. Um, you know, we tend to have all these beliefs in our heads, you know, since we're young about how hard life is. You know, life's not easy. Um, you have to have money to make money, or I wish I was that good looking, or I wish I was that lucky. I'm, I'm just not that person. So those are beliefs that we carry around with us for our entire lives. And usually they're given to us from our parents or from our teachers or whatnot. And they unwittingly give us this information because they believe it and it was given to them. So we carry around these beliefs that, that don't serve us and that are not ours to begin with and that are likely not even true. So we're carrying around these a backpack full of lies with us through our entire life and it's just killing our chances of doing anything that we really want to do. So being able to change your beliefs about things is going to help you immensely on your, you know, your journey towards success. Oh, I love every piece of that. And a lot of us wear our backpack of lies directly in front of our face. So it's like totally all I can see is that backpack of lies. And I know I have had some of those things that you described. And as you try to think, where did that come from? Where did that thought, where did that idea? I had a friend who was going to try a, a new business, try to do something new. And she had this voice. I mean, she clear as day said, you can't do that. You'll never succeed. And she stopped and she said, where did that come from? Where is that? And then she thought about it for a minute. And she said, oh, that's my mom. I'm 40 years old and I'm hearing my mom say, you can't do that. But whether or not mom actually said that, I mean, that might've been in a totally different scenario than now trying to do this new business. And it's time to let those voices go. Recognize where they came from, if you can, and just let it go. Because this is... Um, an opportunity for us to manifest our own dreams. And you talked a little bit about that, how writing your own rules. I think, is that the way you put it, is writing your own rules? Can you explain that a little bit? Or is that what we're talking about here with this manifesting? 
Um, well, you know, when I, I guess when I talk about writing your own rules, I like to, um, I've always been the type that I, I've never liked to listen to uh, have other people tell me what to do, or I've never really liked to have a boss. You are the only person <laughs> in the world who has ever thought that, just FYI. I know, probably am, I know. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> anyway, sorry to interrupt. Okay, so you don't like to be told what to do, and? Yeah, so I've always liked to live authentically, and that is by my own, by it, you know, as Frank Sinatra would say, I did it my way, right? Uh-huh. Um, it just feels so much more rewarding to have done something in an authentic way, you know, achieving some level of success, but having done it the right way, you know? having done it by not stepping on other people or, you know, having done it um, by being a good person and, and just doing the, doing the right thing and doing things the right way and having done it yourself. Um, it's extremely rewarding. I mean, getting to a, a place of success is cool and everything, but it's even more rewarding if you did it in your own way. And so I think that's basically what I mean by writing your own rules. I like that. And I love the concept that there is more than one right way to do things. And I think that's very liberating. And I love the idea of working through yourself. And as you talk about doing it yourself, which you are, but you also included asking other people for help. So as we do things ourselves, we are the protagonist of our own story. We're the ones that are the engine that are making things move. But it doesn't mean that we're, you know, uh, no man is an island. We don't have to be entirely on our own. It also includes helping and, and getting those mentors and getting those friends and getting other people on board because everything works so much better when we're part of a community. But I love, I love that there's more than one right way to do things. And I love that, as you mentioned, that your, your way included being kind and not stepping on people and being honorable and having integrity. I think those kind of things are pretty basic awesomeness that should be applied everywhere. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And like we were talking about this perpetual state of competition that people are in, you know, people will do the wrong thing at the expense of, you know, trying to get ahead, you know, and I, I see it all the time. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and I, I want to touch on this point too, Linda, and this is something that I think will, will help some of your listeners too. And, and it comes down to the, the beliefs and all that stuff part. And being successful for a lot of people has something to do with money, right? Of course it does. There's more than one definition of success, and certainly money isn't the only one. But for a lot of people, that's where they struggle the most. So I kind of like to, you know, touch on that a little extra. So I have, I have also found, and like you, like you mentioned, I, I, I do real estate, right? I'm a real estate consultant. So we deal with nothing but buying and selling of expensive things, right? So for most people, this is the most important probably one of the biggest financial moves that they're ever going to make in their life. So this is very important. I mean, not that it's not important to me. It is for sure. But for most people, this is like the one or two times in their whole life they're going to do this big a transaction. So to them, so we really get to see the people's true colors when it comes to their thoughts and their beliefs about money. You know, most, most people don't see anybody else's true colors about money, except when they're like bartering for a couch on Craigslist or something. Then you see, then you have to negotiate or you're going to swap me, right? So once in a while, you see somebody else's beliefs about money, but we get to see this all the time, every day. And one thing that I've noticed is that people have what I what I call the financial death grip on their money. And that is they're, they're squeezing onto it so tight because they feel like either money is hard to come by, I might not have another chance to get this money again, or some other limiting belief is causing them to really squeeze so tightly onto this money. And if, uh, and I, and the, 
the subtitle of this little chapter is called Loosen Your Grip. And if you can just loosen your grip just a little bit on the money that you have, you will find that more money comes a little bit easier to you. You know, it's just the way the world works. I mean, you're putting out this energy that I have to hold on to this $5 because I don't know where my next $5 is coming from. And uh, one of my friends, he's a, uh, he's a law of attraction teacher and a tarot card reader on YouTube. He says, whatever message you send out into the universe, the universe will always respond by saying, this is true. Here's some more evidence to support that. So if you tell the universe, I've got to hold on to this $5 because I don't know where my next $5 is coming from, guess what? That's true. Here's some more evidence to support that. Now, if, uh, on the other hand, if you say, you know what? This 5 this 10 this $20, I don't really care about this. It's fine. I, it comes so easy to me, there'll probably be another $20 in my wallet tomorrow. Guess what? This is true. Here's some more evidence to support that. So if you can loosen your grip a little bit and release the financial death grip, I think you'll find... You know, to some degree, I'm not saying throw $100 bills out the window of your car or anything like that, but just loosen up a little bit and you'll start to find that it comes easier. That is incredible. I've talked to several people who, who cover this concept you're discussing about our relationship with money. And many people don't recognize that we even have a relationship with our money, the way that we feel about it, the way that we interact with it. And it's interesting. I have never heard a real estate person make that connection and make that observation that you get insight into a person's relationship with money as they make this big commitment. So I think that shows some beautiful things about you and your awareness and having your eyes open and recognizing that and then using that knowledge that you've gleaned to help pay it forward by explaining that in your book. That's, that's very insightful. Very insightful. Hmm. Good stuff. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I think, yeah, you're right. Most people don't even realize they have a relationship with money, but most people's relationship with money is not good. It's not mm. healthy. It is not good. Everybody wants it, but everybody's afraid of it and, and scared of it at the same time. You know, they, they worry about it. They want it, but they worry about not having it. Right. And you that's want creating it, the problem. You worry about not having it, or you think it will solve all of your problems. Right. That's another way that you can just figure, you know, if I could just have all of the money, it will solve all of my problems. And the reality is we have a lot of problems in life that money can't solve. There are wonderful things that money can do, but it can't buy love and it can't buy a lot of those things that bring real fulfillment. So good stuff. Yeah, no, it can't buy happiness. But as Daniel Tosh, the comedian says, it can buy a jet ski. And I've never seen anybody pissed off on a jet ski true story. I've been in an ice cream store where they said money can't buy happiness, but it can buy ice cream. And that's pretty much the same thing. So there are some things that money can buy. Money can buy ice cream and jet skis. So, and I, I like it. It's a good thing. Some people, again, as we're talking relationship with money, they think money is evil. So I can't have any of that. I want it, but I can't have it because it's evil. And then you have this push pull thing and it doesn't work out very well. So yeah. So there's lots of ways to do it wrong. But I love your idea of relaxing a little bit and, and letting it flow because we want it to flow to us. So good stuff. Well, thank you for all the insight that you've brought today. I really appreciate it. And I have enjoyed visiting with you today. Oh, very much, Linda. I've absolutely enjoyed our conversation a ton. And I, I can't thank you enough for having me on the show. It's been wonderful. Oh, it's been a pleasure for me as well. In closing, I'd like to share a quote from American author Napoleon Hill. He said, most great people have achieved their greatest success just one step beyond their greatest failure. 
Today, I invite you to brush off your failures and transform your disasters into dreams. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks, and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller, You Got This an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.